Chapter Fourteen of the Friendship of Anne, a story by Ellen Douglas Deland. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It was the last night of the old year. The weather had been raw and cloudy all day, and shortly before six o'clock the rain began to fall, and the streets were now wet and dreary. One would not have suspected this, however to judge by the gay scene within the Talbot's doors. A merry party of young people sat down to dinner at seven o'clock. A cousin of Anne, who was also a cousin of Will, Dana, and who, like him, lived in Baltimore, was visiting her. Dolly Fearing was spending the night there, although her home was in New York, but a few blocks away. Alec Tracy had arrived and with ned fred merriam mr and mrs talbot and mrs dana who was mrs talbot's sister their number was ten the other guests who were bidden to the party were to come at nine o'clock i did an awfully queer thing i'm afraid mrs talbot said will dana i hope you will forgive me ned told me it was all right but i ought to have asked you first what is it willie asked the hostess i can't imagine your doing anything i could not forgive nor indeed anything that required forgiveness oh mother what blarney exclaimed ned with affected astonishment i wish she would say such things to me he added turning to molly dana the mutual cousin of himself and will you needn't worry retorted molly aunt carrie can't often be accused of harshness to you oh you spoiled one you indulged darling hark hark it is the lark molly is calling me a darling aunt edith what do you think of that but tell me what have you done willie said mrs talbot i really am curious to hear I have invited two fellows to come tonight without consulting you. I didn't run across them until just before I came in, and there wasn't time to ask you. Fortunately, just as I had left them, I ran into Nettie, and he said it was all right and followed them up and asked them himself. He knows them too. They are awfully good fellows. Murray used to be in our class. But their father died and left them pretty hard up, so he had to give up college and go to work. They are the Stuarts, said Ned. Bob and Murray Stuart. I always liked them. Bob, the oldest one, was a classmate of Hugh's. Alec, you know. Yes, of course, said Alec. I always liked them, too. Murray was quite a chum of ours. I thought they lived in Baltimore. So they did, but it seems they have moved to New York. I know them, or at least I know the mother and eldest daughter, said Mrs. Dana. Carrie, you know whom I mean, you remember? Oh, yes, said Mrs. Talbot. Those poor Stuarts. I am glad you asked the boys to come, Willie. If I had known they were living in New York, I should have called on their mother. 
We might go while you are here, Edith. I shall make a special point of it, for I was always so sorry for her. She has been through so much. Yes, it was a fearful experience, and they have taken it harder than many people would. They are very proud family and abnormally sensitive. Did you ever see the younger brother? asked Ned of Wildena. The one who did it? No, I believe he is the most sensitive and proud of the family, and he can't get over it. Somebody told me. It has had an awful effect upon him. Poor fellow! Well, it was a terrible thing, but I don't see how he could be blamed for it. Suppose we don't talk about that now, interposed Mrs. Talbot. Willie, I am very glad you asked them to come. Ned, I want you to be especially cordial to them, as I shall be myself. I have the greatest sympathy for them, especially as you say they have lost their father and are left so poorly off. While this conversation was being carried on, Anne had been absorbed in a laughing controversy with her father and Fred Merriman and had heard nothing of it. She was therefore quite ignorant of the fact that two of Sidney Stewart's brothers were coming to the house that evening, and later, when they arrived and were introduced to her by her brother, she merely supposed that they were two of his college friends whom she had not happened to meet before, and whom he had invited without her knowledge. She greeted them with her accustomed cordiality and decided with her usual rapidity that they were very nice-looking and that she liked them. Ned then led them to some of the other girls to be presented, and Anne turned to her other guests, who were now nearly all there. Bertha Macy was among the last to arrive. She had purposely chosen to make a late entrance, for she wished to show the Talbots that she knew the ways of society, and this seemed to her to be an excellent method of proving it. She was very much overdressed, raked out in ruffles, flounces, and frills, and she wore numerous necklaces and bracelets which jingled with every movement and which made Fred Merriman compare her to the personage in Mother Goose who wore rings on her fingers and bells on her toes. Her hair had been elaborately arranged by a professional hairdresser, and the curls and puffs were a marvel of elegance. She greeted Mrs. Talbot and Anne with such effusiveness that she attracted the attention of all who happened to be near. Anne, this is too perfect, she exclaimed. I am so thankful I didn't have anything else on hand for tonight. It might have happened just the other way, for there is so much going on in the holidays. I simply couldn't have declined your invitation, though. I should have gotten out of the other somehow. You may be sure of that. She had planned this speech on her way from home. It would stamp her at once a girl of fashion and many engagements, she thought. And here is Dolly she continued volubly, 
Girls, I am simply dying to tell you the most exciting thing. I don't know what you will say when you hear it. I had a letter today from Julia Clark, sixteen pages. You know she is staying with her aunt in Baltimore, and she has heard all about Sidney Stewart. The most awful thing, my dear. But Anne had turned away from her to speak to someone else, and Dolly took the opportunity to introduce Will Dana to Bertha. She had heard enough of the conversation at the dinner table to guess that Julia had written something about the mysterious troubles of the Stuart family, which had been alluded to then, and she did not wish Bertha to go into any further particulars on such an occasion as this. Will Dina, being conveniently near, she called him up and presented him. Fred Merriam and Alec Tracy were in another part of the room, and Bertha soon found to her chagrin that they made no effort to come and speak to her. But Anne was a good hostess and kept a careful watch upon all her guests. She knew that Bertha was not popular with the boys who had met her at Kingsbridge, but she determined that at her house Bertha should have as good a time as possible. So shortly before supper was announced, she asked Ned to see that she had someone to take her in. Ned, who had counted on something quite different, gave up his own plans and gallantly asked Bertha himself but he tried to soothe his own feelings by arranging that they should sit in a small room that opened from the supper room, where Ruth Carter and Murray Stewart, Molly Dana and Alec Tracy, Anne and Fred Merriman were also established. It must be remembered that not one of them knew that Murray Stewart was the brother of Sidney, and that Alec and Fred, although they had become so well acquainted with her at Thanksgiving, had never heard that she had once lived in Baltimore, and had not heard the conversation about the Stuarts, which had taken place at the dinner table, and Murray Stewart himself was ignorant of the fact that three of these girls were at the Wickersham School in Kingsbridge, Though Sidney had mentioned Anne Talbot in some of her earlier letters, he had never connected her in his mind with his friends at Harvard, and as Sidney had not referred to her lately, he had naturally forgotten that there was a girl at the school by the name of Talbot. Bertha, when he was introduced to her, had not caught his name, and afterward, hearing him addressed as Murray, by the other boys supposed that to be his last name. Even had she known that it was a Stuart, it is scarcely possible that she would have thought of his possible relationship to Sydney. The young men had left them for a few minutes in order to bring them their supper, and the four girls were alone when Bertha again remembered the letter that she had received from Julia Clark that day and which had made so profound an impression upon her that even the excitement of a party at the Talbots had failed to divert her mind from it altogether. Anne, she exclaimed, 
I must tell you about Julia's letter. You all will be interested, even you, Miss Dana, though you are not at our school, for it is the most awful tale. I have never heard anything quite so frightful, and for my part, I don't think Miss Wickersham ought to have a girl at the school who has such connections as Sydney has. Oh, Bertha, began Ruth Carter, I don't think this is a very good time. Ruth, do let her tell it, interposed Anne. This is the second time tonight Bertha has begun to tell me about Julia Clark's letter. I must say I should like to know what was in it. I thought you would, said Bertha triumphantly. Well, it is simply this. She is a sister of a murderer. What? cried the girls. Bertha, what do you mean? Just what I say. Her own brother actually killed somebody. As she said these words with great emphasis, Murray Stewart entered the room carrying a plate of salad and oysters in one hand and a cup of chocolate in the other. He started slightly and the chocolate spilled over into the saucer. I beg your pardon, he said to Ruth. I flattered myself. I was bringing you this with remarkable care. Ruth scarcely noticed what he was saying. I can't believe it, she said to Bertha. Julia has gotten it wrong in some way. Indeed she hasn't, replied Bertha. I only wish I had her letter. By this time Fred, Alec, and Ned had come in, but Bertha, carried away by the importance of her news, continued the subject. The other girls listened to her eagerly enough now. There is no doubt at all about its being true, said Bertha. Julia's aunt has always lived in Baltimore and knew about it at the time. Of course she did not know such common people herself. Naturally, Julia's aunt would not know people who could be murderers. It is just what I imagined. I always thought she was awfully common, and I knew there was some mystery. Of course, though, it never entered my head to suppose that Sidney Stewart's brother could be a murderer. There was silence in the little room for an instant. Then Murray Stewart, who had been standing behind Ruth, stepped slightly forward. He motioned to his three friends to be silent. They had all turned eagerly towards him. Wait, said he very quietly. His face was white and his dark eyes looked straight at Bertha. You have been misinformed. Miss Macy, I know the family. Miss Sidney Stewart's brother is not a murderer. The tragedy that you have heard about was entirely result of an accident, as everyone knew at the time. Then he turned to Ruth Carter and began to speak of something else, and the other men plunged eagerly into conversation. And was clever enough to know that they had been treading on very dangerous ground and second these efforts to get away from it, as did Ruth Carter and Molly Dana. Bertha scarcely knew what to make of it all. She was angry with this Mr. Murray 
as she still supposed him to be but there was no way of venting her wrath nor of continuing her tale of scandal for no one would listen to her they were all laughing immoderately at some joke of fred merriam's in which bertha failed to find anything at all amusing and would not pay the slightest attention to her ned talbot her own supper partner did nothing further towards entertaining her beyond bringing her some ice cream in fact his manner to her had become distinctly hostile and he devoted himself entirely to ruth carter bertha had suspected all along that he preferred ruth's conversation to her own and had brought her into this little room in order to be near ruth which added largely to her ill humor she decided in her own mind that a party at the talbots was not what she had supposed it would be and she actually almost wished that she had not come however no amount of snubbing from these snobs so she expressed it to herself would diminish the glory she had acquired in the eyes of her own circle by merely having been bidden to this exclusive house and her friends should never know what she had suffered there she saw ned talbot whisper something to anne which caused a most peculiar expression to pass over her face it seemed like a flash of horror followed by indignation then anne whispered something in reply that was short but very emphatic i think they are very rude to whisper that way thought bertha i am sure it is something about me they were becoming rapidly more indignant when anne having recovered her self-possession came and sat down beside her with some polite remark and then in a moment suggested that as they had finished their supper they should go out into the hall and wait for the old year to die and the new year to be rung in come alec said anne in her imperious fashion you don't want any more supper let us leave these greedy ones to finish without us that is a pretty way for your hostess to talk said ned laughing don't be frightened i'll stay with you and see that you have all you want to eat the little group soon dispersed and then ned had the opportunity that he had been waiting for he slipped his arm through that of murray stuart my dear fellow he whispered we wouldn't have had that happen for the world but there is no reason why you should care i don't know who that girl is that my sister has picked up at school and asked here but evidently she is not a person whose opinion would count for anything we all know the rights of the case and have nothing but sympathy for your brother that's all right old man said Burry. of course i understand how the girl happened to get it wrong i'm only sorry that such a report should be out after all this time oh pshaw exclaimed ned impatiently you may be pretty sure it is just girls talk i don't believe anybody thinks such a preposterous thing is true you know how girls chatter some girls 
and probably this one and her correspondent have some grudge against your sister and this is their charming way of paying her off of course this miss macy wouldn't have spoken of it tonight if she had known who you are i will give her that much credit though i think it was a pretty unsafe business her speaking of the affair at all in a house where she is a stranger and not knowing how we might be connected with the people she was talking about it was very nice of you murray not to tell her just who you are oh i wouldn't have done that for anything it would have made everybody feel uncomfortable and as for the poor girl herself poor girl repeated ned and then they were joined by alec tracy and fred merriman i'm mighty glad to run across you again murray said alec i wish i had known miss sydney stewart was your sister when i met her she stayed a couple of days with my mother at thanksgiving and she's an awfully jolly girl why of course she did exclaimed murray she wrote home about being rescued by a mr tracy in a snowstorm and staying at his mother's house she never mentioned your name or of course i should have known don't let us lose sight of you again said fred merriman what are you doing now murray we have missed you out of the class thanks old fellow it was a hard pull to have to give up but i had to go to work i am in a bank downtown you may see me its president some day and then again you might not they all laughed and then they walked together into the hall mrs talbot was talking with bob stewart and she beckoned the young men to come to her i am perfectly delighted to see you and your brother here she said to murray in her charming cordial way i used to know your mother in baltimore and my sister mrs dana who is staying with me now knew her quite well we are coming to see her very soon will you tell her so with my love i did not know until tonight that she was living in new york or i should have called long before this and mother said ned it seems that one of murray's sisters is at the wickersham school is she oh i remember anne has mentioned her in her letters i am sure now this is all very nice and i am so glad you could come tonight or we should never have found it all out and murray stuart proud and sensitive as all his family were felt comforted by her cordial friendliness he knew that she was fully aware of the family history and also that she could not yet have heard of what had transpired in the supper room so that it was not in order to make amends for that painful incident that she was showing such kindness to his brother and himself and now anne came towards him she had disposed of bertha for the time by introducing some one to her who had not been with them i hope you won't hate us mr stuart because such a thing happened at our house she said with her usual frank impulsive heartiness 
Her eyes were full of sympathy and kindness. Of course Miss Macy did not know, and she doesn't yet. I am so surprised to find that Sydney is your sister. We go back to school day after tomorrow. More's the pity. But it will be great fun to tell her that you and your brother were at my New Year's party. Anne did not yet know the whole story. Ned had only been able to give her the barest facts. But they were sufficient to make her understand that Bertha's tale had been grossly exaggerated. She was very indignant with Bertha for having shown so little sense of what was proper as to tell such a tale on such an occasion, and her wrath with her and her sympathy for the Stuarts, acting upon her excitable temperament that was so apt to carry her to extremes, made her ready to overlook all of Sydney's supposed shortcomings in the matter of anonymous letters. She longed to get back to Kingsbridge and tell her so, in spite of her regret at returning to school. As for Bertha, she would soon tell her what she thought of her conduct. End of chapter 14 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.